Hey, this is Carleone. And this is Logan. And you're listening to The Manifest. And this is our newest episode. What's going on, everybody? It's Carleone, and you're listening to The Manifest Podcast. Uh, this week, we have a special guest in the building or in the Zoom meeting. Uh-huh. Um Bro, can I call you brother? Is that fine? Brother Rudy. It's probably Rudy, man. Bro, brother Rudy's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Rudy Villarreal. Did I say your last name correctly? You know, it was really good, actually. That was pretty good. Yeah, Villarreal. In Sp- I mean, if you wanted to say it, like, all from the native tongue, you can say Villarreal, but Villarreal oh. is good. Villarreal is good. Got it. Okay. So, I met, I met, I've met you multiple occasions. We just talked about it. Yeah. Um... The Baldwin Park concert years ago, um, Praise on the Mountain. The most recent thing was Frankie's concert. Um, oh, you were there, right? Yeah, my team did the uh, the video stuff. I saw that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, bro, love all of your stuff, man. Um, Thank super, you. Super, super anointed, everybody. If I, he's going to plug his stuff later, but just go to his Instagram or go to, um, what's the name of the company that you're with? with yeah minstrel tv minstrel they teach music they play music all of that stuff so um very 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 good stuff so why don't you just go ahead and introduce introduce yourself yeah well uh i'm rudy i am a professional um uh, chair stacker uh by heart for my church i'm the chair stacker at my church now um I, you know, man, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. What do you say when people ask you to introduce yourself? I'm Rudy. I like long walks on the beach. Um, I enjoy music and family and Jesus and people. That's, that's really my heart, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Well, do you, <clears throat> I saw from your Instagram, uh, you do photos, right? I do. That's a great, that's yeah. one of my hobbies. I love it. Yeah. And also music. You sing. Mm-hmm. Do you play any instruments? I play piano. Yeah, okay, enough okay. to get me by. I can lead behind a piano, but I'm not Aaron, for sure. Who is who is Aaron? That's you know, a good point. Besides Aaron. Um, any other major hobbies that you're into? Um, hobbies, hobbies. Um, man, I don't know if I've ever said this out loud, but I like I like theater and acting and stuff like that. I used to do like acting sometimes. So if like there was a theater that did like cool production, I might I might step in and do some stuff, but Oh. I mean, we're, we're about to do some audio dramas, which I'm really excited about. We're working on a scary, spooky Halloween time audio drama for the Saints. Oh, okay. Because the Saints don't, we don't, we don't do Halloween. We're, we're scared, we, you know, but we're going to do something good for Halloween. So we're working on that. We're writing a little uh, audio drama for a podcast I'm really excited about. So things like that. That's very cool. Yeah, a little hobby. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, one of the main things people know you for uh, is music. Okay. So, um, actually, my uh, my cousin, um, I don't know if you, you might know her. She's been following you for a long time, too. Her name is Tia Cooper. Um, yeah, love Tia. My cousin, she, I think she's, what'd you say? She's got music out. Yes, yes, she does. Um, she just released, a, 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 like, two singles this, this summer, actually. So... Um, if you guys want to go check that out, uh, Tia Louise Cooper on Instagram. But anyway, so uh, I think she is one of the ones that introduced me to your page. She's okay. like, oh, hey, this this dude, he lives in the same 
like vicinity as you. And so that's when I started, you know, watching and looking at a lot of your stuff. Very nice. But I noticed, bro, you've got a voice on you. So um, when and how did your music, and I put career on the agenda, but really it's like career slash ministry. Yeah. Um, so how did that begin for you? Um, that's a great question. I, I For me, I was a kid, bro. My, my mom, um, I tell this story all the time. My mom would literally set up like a podium in her bedroom at the foot of her bed. And I would, she would make me lead worship and preach to her like once a week. That's what I did. And so I, you know, I say my ministry started, you know, when I started singing with the kids choir, but really my ministry started with mom, you know, in her bedroom. And she would, she would give me a scripture and she would say, okay, preach to me from the scripture and lead worship and all that. So that's where I got my start was at home. And then, you know, um, as I grow, grew older, people started to see that I really liked to sing and um, I was okay at it. And so they would, I, I started singing um, like specials with my mom. She would sing songs at church and I would sing background for her or help her sing. Um, and then um, eventually children's ministry. Um, and I stayed in children's ministry for like 10 years. That's about what I did for a long wow. time. Um, and my first, you know, I was doing it as a kid and uh, they gave me this like Britney Spears mic and I would lead worship like that. I remember being like eight years old, nine years old, leading worship for New Life Church, an apostolic church in um, Bakersfield, California. Wow. And I was in the children's Is that ministry. where you're from? I'm from Bakersfield originally. Yeah. Oh, I did not that's know that. Hometown. Okay. Yeah, that's my hometown. Yeah, born and raised. And um, we, I, I would do children's ministry. And then eventually I probably had to have been 17 when finally I graduated, quote unquote, out of children's ministry. But I will say this, when, when I started doing like youth stuff, I was probably 16 or 17. Um, I mean, of course, I was not a kid anymore, but I stayed in doing kids ministry. I love doing ministry with kids. And so I would do like um, junior camps and kids camps and conferences right. and things like that. And then um, eventually kind of started doing youth stuff. And then little by little got connected with Aaron. And here I am doing uh, ministry again with for a home church, my home church, uh, Apostolic Worship Epicenter in Baldwin Park. And um, that's what I do, man. I, I love it. And uh, just partnering with people and, and loving Jesus together. So what exactly is, because I always wanted this, what exactly is your role with Minstrel TV? Yeah, so technically, my technical role is I'm the creative director. So I'm in marketing. My, oh. my like, business like what i grew up doing business wise was always marketing so i'm in create creative arts so i did photography and videography and i would run marketing for real estate companies and things like that and so when i funny thing people don't know this but when i first moved over here it was because i was looking for i was following the voice of god and was looking for a church to be planted with here um nearby aaron because um i was doing marketing for him um virtually, which is normal now, but it wasn't normal back then. Mm. So I was like, I just want to move over there and prayed about it and talked to my pastor and talked to my parents and it felt right. And so I moved over here and then eventually he, we talked a little bit and he was like, dude, why don't you coach people? People are asking you to coach them in worship and in vocal. And um, I said, oh, I don't know if I can really do that. I don't feel like I have something to offer them. And he quickly rebuked me <laughs> in the kindest way possible and told me, no, yeah. dude, there, there's something that you have to, to, to give people. And, and I borrowed his belief initially and um, just said, okay, I'll say yes to whoever comes. And that's kind of how that part of uh, minstrel 
opened up. I started coaching people and working with that and running events with him. And we did conferences and, and things like um, other things similar to that. So my technical role is I'm the creative director. Um, I'm the guy who runs the marketing and all of that, but evolved since then. And I do the website from, from the website to run events with him to, um, I do vocals. I track vocals. In fact, tonight I'm going to a vocal session to track some vocals for him. And, um, we do a lot. We do a lot, man. Yeah, definitely. You guys are, you guys are all over. Um, like I said, I don't know if it's a good thing, but it's fun. I'm just kidding. No, it's, it's great. Like I say, um, my, well, my section, you know, here in the Inland Empire, we've been like really looking at what you guys have been doing and trying to take, you know, bits and pieces of what we could use in you guys' arsenal. So um, almost everything that we've done, um, not everything, but a lot of stuff we've done, uh, video production-wise, music production-wise, like I hit you up uh, a few weeks ago asking, what type of cameras do you use? Like trying to emulate that, what you guys have got going. So um, shout out to Mitchell's TV, Aaron Barbosa. He's a beast. Of course. Love you, Aaron. So talking about this journey, what are some of the struggles or challenges you faced getting between starting music to where you are now? Yeah. um, I think, that's a great question. Um, oh man, biggest struggle, imposter syndrome, for sure. Um, imposter syndrome is the idea that one day somebody's gonna realize I'm not as cool as I, I seem on online or I seem for what I do. And um, and the other part of imposter syndrome is doing something that you don't feel you're qualified for. And I still haven't overcome that. Um, you know, I work with over 30 vocalists every month. Um, I uh, have the honor of partnering with people in their ministries. And I get questions sometimes and like, I'm like, I have no idea how to answer that. And why am I here? Why has God put me here to partner with these people? Right. And, and um, so imposter syndrome is huge. Anytime, and anytime you venture out into something, I mean, I think about people like Moses, when, when God asks him to go speak to Pharaoh, his initial response is, I'm not good enough. I'm not the guy to do it. And that's how I feel. And, and I still deal with that on, on, the, on a daily basis. People are so kind on social media and will share things and say, man, you're, I, we see you doing this and this and this. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not as cool as I seem. I promise. I promise I'm not <laughs> as cool as I seem. I'm, I'm, I'm not. And uh, so feeling like an imposter, feeling like I'm not doing, like I'm not doing enough, like I'm not who I'm, who I say I am sometimes. And, right. but learning to have grace for myself as a human being as a child of god has really been a huge remedy to feeling like an imposter and the other thing is i recognize that god has god will always at least in my experience put me in a place i don't belong until i belong there like you know moses goes into egypt and tells pharaoh hey we gotta let our people go and this is news to pharaoh this is like wait what you're you're the dude that we took in and took care of. Like you're, you're that guy. And now you're saying you're a prophet of God or you're so-and-so. And and, Oh, now you speak for God. Wait, what, who are you? But God put him there as the person um, to be used by God. And there's every, every situation that I've been in. um, I always feel like I'm not, not that I'm not welcome, but I'm not supposed to be there. 
Right. And I, I've asked God about it before. <clears throat> Lord, why do I why do I never feel like like oh that's where I'm supposed to be? The only place I feel like that is my home church, by the way. That's the only yeah. place. Anytime I get invited out or anytime I'm, I'm in another situation with other people, I always feel like, oh man, am I supposed to be here? Like this is did you ask the right guy? Like uh, am I the Rudy you wanted? And right. and I felt God, I remember um asking him about it, and I felt God say, It's 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 the only way I can keep you humble, bro. If you feel like you belong, you're going to get arrogant. And so I, I praise God for it. I'm okay with it. Um, I always feel like an imposter, but I'm trusting that if God has me there, it's where I'm supposed to be. And I usually at the end of an event or at the end of a situation or at the end of a meeting or at the end of a gathering, I always, um, if it's where God wants me to be, I always look back and go, Lord, this is this feels right. This was the right place for me to be. Um, not necessarily like it was the right opportunity or it was the right door no it's just i know i was doing your will while i was here so okay i really and i really like what you said about that and that's for some people that's how god has to use them um it's when you're talking about that certain level of being uncomfortable right when you get uncomfortable you become complacent or maybe you think too highly of yourself whatever it is I really love that. Um, and another statement, um, not really much of a question, but a statement. Um, I really like what you said earlier about about sort of borrowing someone's faith, basically. Um, you know, if God's giving you an indication that this is what you're supposed to do, but right. you're not quite there yet, someone above you who knows more than you, who's more spiritually mature oh, than you, yeah. can lead you into that. I really love that, bro. That's all. Awesome. I'm a huge component of mentorship of submission to a man of God, a woman of mm-hmm. God, whoever God has above you. Um, I am a huge proponent of that. Do I like it? Sometimes no, but I know that if my pastor says yes, and he's hearing from God and he's, he's, he's praying for me every day, then I know that I'm in the will of God. And so it's, 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 it's often that I'm checking in and I'm staying accountable. And I'm, and again, I, I said this yesterday in another uh, gathering like this, I was like, you know, I love to be told when I'm wrong. Oh, no, I said, I welcome being told when I'm wrong, but I don't like it. Because he was right. like, wow, you're 25 and you, you're a young guy and you like for people to correct you? I'm like, I don't like for people to correct me, but I know it's necessary for me to grow. If I yeah. want to be in the will of God, I need to be able to ask my pastor, hey, this door that I'm about to go through, do you feel it's from God? And if you don't, then I'm not going to do it. Because there's, there's been opportunities before and I won't go too detailed, but there was an opportunity to do something really, really exciting for a company that I really, really love because they make movies I really, really love. And it rhymes with Wisney. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. So there was an opportunity to do some BGVs for, uh, somebody had asked to do some BGVs for this this thing at, at, at uh, Disneyland. I'll just say it. It's nothing wrong. And I was so excited. I was like, this is it. I got to do Disney. I have to. And this is the door God's going to open and I'm going to go and I'm going to meet people. This is years ago. going to go meet people and I'm going to tell them about Jesus. And of course, I tried to manipulate it away so it was God's will, you know. Right. Um, but I was just really excited to work with Disney. That's what I wanted to do. And um, and it was an opportunity to do something. I don't remember what it was. Something for Coco, I think. And they needed some Latino people up there. And so I was like, yeah, I'm down, whatever. And um, I, before I said yes, because I was, I was about ready to just word vomit and be like are you kidding me oh my god i love it i would love to i was like let me let me get back to you and i went to my pastor's office the same day and i said pastor i have a question this opportunity is opened what do you think and he was like you can do it and then he told me this he said it's nothing wrong it's not bad 
but it's not God's will for you. And I was like, so, okay, so I can do it, but I won't be in God's will. And he, these are his words. I'll never forget them. He said, if you take this opportunity, you'll probably still go to heaven. You'll still be a good guy and God will still love you, but you will derail God's ultimate um, will for your life. You'll, you'll wow. derail it. And man, it was, that was a hard no, bro. That was a hard no. Because I, I'm a Disney freak, bro. I watched every movie. I've been watching since I was kids. I kid, and then I love Coco. Such a good movie. And I had to say no. I had to say wow. no. But after that, literally days after, other things that weren't public and weren't real fame, you know, oh, look at this guy who's doing nothing like that opened up. And I remember saying, this was your will, God. This was your will for me to be in this place. And things with minstrel that were not happening before started happening. And so wow. I feel so good being in God's will and really doing all me to do. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a testimony as well. You Absolutely. Know? Especially for aspiring musicians and things like that. Um, this is a twofold question. So what is, give me, give me your, your best memory surrounding music and okay. then give me your worst or most embarrassing memory surrounding oh. music. My best memory. Oh man, let me think. Let me think. Um, my best memory, man. They just keep getting better. Um, ah, that's a hard one. That's a real hard yeah. one. The worst one. My worst memory regarding music. I can't tell it. I can't tell that one. Um, <laughs> let me think of another one. Let me think of another one. Um, my worst memory of music was. I don't have a worst memory, but I will. Okay, I'll give you the most embarrassing. Is that okay? Yeah, that works. One of the most embarrassing memories was when I was a kid. And I love telling this story. I've, I've had other embarrassing ones, but I'll be honest with you. They're, they're, they're so embarrassing, but they're also regarding other people, and I'd rather not throw them under the bus. So I'm going right. to give you the clean one. Okay, this is the clean one. Um, I um, um, was a kid, did, a, did this play, and I thought it was so cool doing this play. And in between scenes, this is not ministry. Do you want ministry embarrassing ones? No, no, like, no, no. This okay. is fun, yeah. <laughs> so I did this play. In, the, in between scenes, I had to change full costumes. I had to go from an all-brown suit to an all-white suit. It was the ugly duckling. I was in fourth grade, whatever. So I had to, within like 30 seconds, no joke, like oh, literally wow. 30 seconds, I had to change from a full outfit to another. Anyway, so... Um, they pull up this like white curtain. It was supposed to be snow and they, they spent a lot of money on this production. I ran off stage, started changing right, And then right enough time for when the curtain fell, I was supposed to be under the curtain. So like I got covered with snow, right? I'm a fourth grader. Okay. It's not that big. Um, so I changed real fast. I run on stage. I fall under, I'm supposed to fall under. And then the, the curtain covered me. Right. Um, and then I'm supposed to emerge from the snow now as a swan. So I was an ugly duckling and now I'm a swan. This is so embarrassing. What am I talking about? <laughs> I have this on video, by the way. One day I'll post it. I just got to get it from my, my house in Bakersfield. I come, I emerge from this and we did like four or five shows. So this was like one of the middle ones. And I emerge from the snow and it's supposed to be like really majestic. Like the music was very like, like very yeah. big. It was a big deal. And everybody started laughing. Like the audience was laughing. And I was like, why is the audience laughing? This is supposed to be like a very emotional, like, oh my gosh, he's a swan. And I couldn't figure out why they were laughing. 
And then this this girl who played my my mother, um, I think her name was Brianna. Brianna came on stage and was supposed to like hug me, and I was like, "What is happening? Like, nope, everybody's laughing, people are acting awkward." So then I happened to like go like this because I'm supposed to look at my outfit, like, "Oh my gosh, I'm a swan," and my zipper is wide open. And as a fourth grader, that's the worst thing that can happen in front of a stage. My zipper was open. I forgot to zip it. And I was wearing like red Superman underwear or something like that, which is probably too much information. But I was really embarrassed. That was like the worst thing as a kid. And I know it's not a big deal. I know you're like, man, I wanted something better. But as a fourth grader, that's like the worst thing that can happen to you. No, it is. And like probably should have made me never want to get on the stage again, but it didn't. It was really funny. And so like, I turned and I like zipped my zipper and then I like turned back. And I was like the worst. I've fallen off stages before. I've dropped mics. I've, um, I've been yelled at by sound techs before. Like you're singing too loud. One guy got real mad at me for singing too loud. Cause I was too strong. And he's like, you're messing our speakers up. I was like, I'm sorry. Um, so <laughs> a lot of stuff has happened to me. Um, I don't Man. know. Your question. No, that's good, bro. Um, I, I mean, that might derail a lot of people. It might it might have derailed me from continuing to do <laughs> you know entertainment. So yeah. man. Uh let's switch gears to okay. our, our last topic here. But uh one other thing I noticed about you, real inspirational um oh, man. type of content on your page, bro. I love it. Um one of the main things that you've been talking about. Maybe like the you can correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe the last two years or last year or something like that. About a year. I, think, I think if you're going where I think you're going, about a year. Yes. Um. Some of your your weight loss stuff. Oh yeah. And so I've been seeing that, you know, for about a year, <laughs> for about a year. So give us a little bit of of uh, the behind the scenes on, you know, how did you get there? Do you know wanted to start to lose weight or, or whatever it is yeah you know for me man it was a little more than weight loss um in october of last year 2019 i was in a really low place like emotionally spiritually i was de- i've just felt really deprived um the world felt chaotic and this is before covid um i just i don't know i just felt like there was a lot of pressure on me my my, my i was like my relationships were suffering because i was dealing with a lot of anxiety and um uh, when when I don't have control, I get anxious. And, and in fact, I think anxiety is the uh, the the foundation of anxiety. A lot of times, is feeling out of control, feeling like okay, mm-hmm. I, there's nothing I can grasp. So I'm scared, right. I'm worried, I'm fearful. And so just a lot of things happening. I was I had gained so much weight. Was doing a lot of stuff with ministry, and I was happy doing things like that. But I was uh, really embarrassed about my health. Um, you know, I had, uh, I was somewhere and the preacher, I had just led worship and the preacher said something along the lines of like, you know, if you're in ministry and you're unhealthy, you know, I can't trust that you're actually, you know, reading your Bible because you have no self-control or something like that. And I was like, oh, like it hit me. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh, you're kind of right. I mean, I don't have self-control because I can't stop eating and, you know, whatever. So I was really convicted about my physicality. And then I was dealing with like, not crazy health issues. I just could tell like I was running out of breath easy. I was just really heavy, bro. I was just really heavy. And, um, but more than that, I just, I felt I didn't have enough confidence to walk in the call of God for my life. I would say no to things because I was embarrassed about how I looked. I would, um, you know, wear really baggy clothes. And a lot of people like, you know, they laugh at 
I was wearing a jean jacket a lot, but they don't know that the jean jacket was covering a lot of my roles and stuff. And so that, that was just kind of what I did to cover up. And um, there were a lot of emotional things that I was dealing with. And I think so by October, I was just sick of it. I was done. I was like, I'm, I'm over this. I need to do something. I tried a lot of different things. Nothing worked the way that it should have worked um, for me, not because it wasn't good, just because I wasn't doing it right or I wasn't staying consistent. So I just, this life felt out of control. And so I decided one day, I was like, I can't control a lot of what's happening around me, um, but I need to gain control of my health. And so mm -hmm. instead of trying to fix everything, I'm going to just start there. And so I reached out to a health coach. I got connected with a, a friend of mine, Amanda, through my mom. And um, I said, I need help. I need to do something about this. And so she put me on a meal plan. And five months later, I had lost over 70 pounds, like 75 pounds. And um, wow was feeling incredible like not just that i lost weight but my energy my i could breathe i wasn't snoring all crazy when i slept so like a lot of health benefits um but then i realized that one of the things that was making me lose confidence in in god's will for my life was my health it was becoming a stumbling block like mm -hmm. i knew that god wanted me to do certain things but my health and how I felt about myself was limiting me from saying yes to those doors or saying yes to those opportunities or whatever, because I felt um, I didn't feel confident in myself and what God was doing in me. And so I realized that five months later, I was like, wait, why do I feel so sure of what I'm doing? And um, I felt I really did. I felt the Lord uh, 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 encourage me that what I had done for my health, gaining control, learning self-control. Um, developing better habits, fasting from foods that were, are not good for me. All of those things had helped me to develop a um, better emotional life, a better spiritual life, because I was finally learning. The big thing for me was self-control, learning to say no, stopping myself. And one of the things I've learned is that there's a scripture where Jesus is talking and he says, if you can't love your brother who you can see, how do you expect to love God who a God who you can't see and um, the principle there is if you can't get it right in the physical you're gonna have a right. lot of trouble getting it right in the spiritual mm -hmm. and for me my conviction was I don't have self-control physically I don't have self-control in, in my eating habits and and in all of those things and so gaining that self-control has helped me in my spiritual walk learning to keep my spiritual disciplines intact learning to keep my emotions intact you know having self-control, not just in what I eat, but now in the things I say and in the things that, and the situations I'm in and now in the, um, the circles I surround myself with. So all of those things have become a benefit of getting healthy. So health is amazing. And I'm so grateful for the Lord for losing the weight. And I'm, I'm back on my journey. I have 30 more pounds to lose. And so this week I've just been like, all right, let's get back on this. I want to lose it by the end of the year. But the reason I've been sharing is not because I'm like, oh, I'm a health guru. No, none of that. Because 85 to 90% of the people that I partner with are people of ministry who are benefiting from uh, fixing their health in efforts to do what God is calling them to do. Let me just give you the basic, the basic um, principle for me. If God is calling me to have a life of ministry, but I cut my life short because of my health, I am um, minimizing what God intends to do in my life. And a lot of people, pastors, ministers, worship leaders, singers, 
um, are wanting to do the will of God, but are cutting their life short, or maybe they can't run the way they meant to. And I don't just mean like physically run, but their, their, their motors are not running the way they're supposed to because of the, what they're putting in their body. And so I've been sharing just to show people, hey, you will do God's will better when your temple is intact. Wow. You'll be able to keep up as a worship leader and sing the way you want to sing or play an instrument the way you want to play if you are confident in the, your physical ability. Now, is that all we focus on? No, of course not. But there's no point in having all this ability, quote unquote, emotionally and spiritually, if my body won't keep up with me. I'm human. You know, if God is asking me to do a one hour worship night and to keep travailing in the presence of God, but physically I'm so tired that I can't do it. I am, I am working contrary to God's will. And that's how I felt. And so that's why I got healthy. And that's why I share it. Cause I want other worship leaders and other people in ministry to know, Hey, Getting this intact has helped me to really get my emotional, my spiritual life intact as well. Bro, that I is, guys... that, I, I feel like there's so many more layers to unpack with that. Um, is, I don't know, like you said, you share on your Instagram and stuff like that. You plan on, do you plan on doing, I don't know, like a podcast or writing a blog or something like that about you know, this specific topic? Um. I do. Uh, eventually, I'll probably do like an IGTV or something. But um, my heart, my heart is to, uh, uh, I don't know how much I want to say. My, my heart is to develop programs that are specifically tailored for people of ministry that help them thrive in their music, their ministry, and their health. So wow. their mind, body, and spirit. You know, a lot of people, especially in Pentecost, our heart is the spiritual. Let's just get together and speak in tongues and go in and, and shout and uh, come on, let's do it. And that's great. But one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. And that doesn't just mean self-control in, in your relationships or, you know, I don't sin this way. And, oh, no, I say no to murder. And I say, no, that's not self-control. Self-control control is uh, overindulgence yeah. and, you know, um, gluttony and things like that. So. And for me, my experience has been when I get it right, like I said, in the, in the physical, it's a lot easier in the spiritual. Uh, self-control is a muscle, and it's a principle that can be used not just in your physicality, but in your spiritual and your emotional. There's things emotionally that I was doing that, was, that, were, um, uh, that were toxic for my relationship. There were things that I would say that would just, I would just blurt out, and they weren't cool. They were, they, they were, they were things that weren't right. They were wrong. They were, they were, they were um, damaging to my relationships and learning to have self-control and, and do this yeah. came from me saying no to Thai food at 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. In, uh, in the middle of the night or no to three cheeseburgers. That's where that self-control came from. And so my heart is to eventually develop programs for that. Um, I think they're important. I'm working on them. And so for now, it's just a little bit of building um, and just saying yes to whoever needs the help. That's my heart. It's just a part of Wow, bro. I love that, honestly. Um, and that's something that's not talked about enough. Um, Thank you, man. And I feel like it's, it's something that Pentecostals love to eat, you know? We do. And it's something I feel like a lot of us struggle with. Um, so, wow, that would be amazing to see what you develop, bro. Um, one last thing before we get out of here. I'm sorry, what was that? I said pray for me. I, I, don't, oh. I, I feel it from the Lord, but I don't know when. I'm, I'm just waiting on his, waiting on his move. Of course, bro. Uh, one last thing before we get out of here. Yeah. <clears throat> What's what, if you had to give 
someone, an upcoming musician, one bit of advice, um, what would you say to them? Someone who uh, wants to get in music or who is already in music and trying to reach that next level or do more in music? Yeah, um, easily the one biggest piece of advice that's blessed me and, and I think could bless anybody if they put it into practice is to find somebody to be mentored by. Um, that is the heart of minstrels. Um, our organization, our, 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 our company, if you will, the heart is mentorship. Yeah, we teach piano. Yeah, we teach vocal. And yeah, we teach other instruments. And we have, you know, the, when we had the in-person school, we were doing bass, guitar, and other things. Yeah. Um, but the heart of it is mentorship. And Aaron always says is, if we are not mentoring people, we're not doing what we're called to do. And the, the principle of mentorship, I wish, I wish more young people especially would get this. It took me a long time, and I'm still developing. I still sometimes feel like, oh, mentorship, you know. Um, but the principle of mentorship is if, if let's say Aaron. Let me use Aaron because he's a mentor of mine. If it took Aaron 25 years to, let's just do something real simple, 25 years to learn how to go, ah, let's just say. We're talking about musicality. Mm-hmm. Took him 25 years to do that. When he mentors me and teaches me how to do that, I'm going to learn 25 years of experience in one year. So mentorship, the principle is succession. It's what can I teach you that I've learned that took me 25 years to learn? What can I teach you so that the next generation goes even further? Mentoring is not let me teach you how to be me. It's let me teach you what I know so that you can take it even further. And so I wish musicians, worship leaders, and let me give you another example before I move on from that. There are other things that Aaron mentors me in, in worship leading, in relationships, and marriage, and other things that I'm very, very grateful for because it took him 20 years to learn. It took him, it took him all this time um, to learn how to do these things and for me to learn that in a year. Now, there's some things that you won't learn like that take time, of course, but the, the principle, the, the, the beauty of mentorship is being able to learn a lot in a little bit of time because you're willing to submit yourself under somebody who's willing to talk and willing to speak. Right. And so whether it's music, whether it's spirituality, I mean, Elijah had an Elisha. You know, everyone had somebody who was ready to take the next generation forward. And so for everybody going, well, I want to do what they do. Great. Learn under them. But then learn how you can take that and teach it to somebody else with the next generation. And so this, this continual mentoring. And so I would say find a mentor. Find somebody who you admire in, in not just one aspect of their life, in multiple aspects because they all touch each other. You know, I don't, I don't just admire Aaron's musicality. I admire his relationship with his wife. Um, I don't just admire his relationship with his wife. I admire his his consistency in his spiritual disciplines. And I get to see those as somebody who's close to him. Um, I don't just admire his, his consistency in his spiritual disciplines. I admire the way he handles life when life is chaotic. Yeah. I admire the way he handles me when he's mad at me. So like there are things that I'm learning from him much more than just musicality. And so that would be my biggest recommendation is find somebody who you can be closely mentored by and just ask them, how can I serve you? What can I do to help you? That was one of the reasons I moved over here. I knew, this is, this, this is the secret that I wouldn't say out loud, but I'm going to say it. I knew that if I got close enough to Aaron to serve him, I would also learn from him. Wow. And, and, and if people recognized, man, servants get to get real close to the, to the master. 
they get to get real close and you'll pick up some nuggets along the way. My ministry, and, and I say this often, my ministry is a direct result of, yes, my own relationship with God, of course, but people like Aaron. A lot of stuff that I do, Aaron's been doing for a long time, but maybe now they're popular and so now it makes sense, but Aaron was doing spontaneous worship a long time ago. He was writing simple songs a long time ago. He was, you know, he was doing all these things that are now popular, but he knew if I just keep pouring into this generation, eventually, you know, um, God's will is going to continue to be done. So anyway, that's my biggest, biggest piece of advice. Find somebody to be mentored by. Get a mentor, man. That's, that's, that's really good advice. Um, to wrap up here, um, what are some, do you have any upcoming projects or anything you want people to know about? Um, I personally don't, um, but Aaron does. And so I would say just stay connected. Um, we're working on his record right now. He, Aaron, and I brag about him a lot. He doesn't pay me to do this, but um, Aaron has put his music to the side for so long to do other yeah. stuff. And this week, like all of us have been pushing him like, Aaron, we just have to release your music. And so this week he's been focusing on his stuff, which is weird for him. Um, so we've worked on, for the most part, not very many different things except for his music. And so I would say stay tuned. Um, I also know that if people are listening to him, they're probably going to find stuff that I'm connected to as well. Um, but as far as projects that I'm working on, not, not, not music or anything like that. I'm, my heart right now is just to pour into people. So if people want to be, um, you know, if they want to learn, if they're looking to become worship leaders or vocalists and things like that, they can, they can connect with me. I can do that with them. Um, but where can they find you, uh, on social media? Oh, social media. You can find me on Instagram at underscore Rudy Villarreal. Um, my name is right there somewhere in the middle, right there. Yeah, I see you right there. Um, So they can do that. Or you can text me 626-469-4816. Text me. That's your real number? That's my real number. I have, I have, that's my, like, my, my, that's, you can text me. I'll block you if I don't want to talk to you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's my real number. 626-469-4816. You can text me. I'm here to, I'm here to help. Awesome, bro. Man, I really appreciate your time. I know you got to get going and go to your session tonight. Um, yeah. yeah, bro. We're, we're going to, we're going to talk more uh, in the future. Um, I'd love to do stuff with you guys. Let's do um, it. You know, I anything. didn't think you were so close by the way. And you're in Riverside. That's so cool. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know. Bro. Yeah. You feel free to come down anytime, man. Exactly. I know Frankie had a lot of stuff coming up. So I'll, I mean, we go to the same church. I do a lot of his stuff. So we'll probably see each other pretty soon. So. Heck yeah. Let's do it. All right, bro. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank All you, right. man. Thank you. I'm so I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Of course, bro. All right. God bless. God bless, bro. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. For more encouraging messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out past episodes. If you like what you just heard, please consider rating and sharing it with your friends. God bless and don't forget to be a hyphen.